There are a number of announcements this morning that we want to give our attention to. Um, there's going to be quite a list and uh, concerning, concerning illnesses and things like that. Um, I'm going to wait in terms of just mentioning those. Please give attention to those as we pray together this morning. Um, and so we want to be uh, thinking of those things as well. Um, also, there are copies of the uh, annual report. If you haven't gotten one uh, and you haven't run one off, you may do that at the back. And also, Chrissy has for us also the new directory, which you can pick up as well. Uh, so make sure you do that as well. Also, remember the congregational meeting this this. Uh, Thursday evening, please attend. Remember, we need a quorum. <laughs> okay, it will be also available on Zoom. Uh, so it's at 7 o'clock on Thursday evening, this coming Thursday. Also, please give attention to the, to, the, um, to the announcement concerning Sunday school teachers. There's still two that are needed. So please, uh, please come forward and try to help in that regard uh, if you are available to do that. We would like to see that. That is a big need. Okay. Um, okay, I think for now... That uh, is what we will place before you and let us come together in silent meditation. stand. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Let us sing to joy to the living God, let us turn to number 127, number 127, and sing.
Our great God and Father, we have the privilege of coming before thee. Thou hast invited us, and thou hast given to us a spirit that is from thee, compelling us to come and worship thee in spirit and in truth. May our hearts, may our minds, may our whole self be devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ and have our hearts fixed upon him in terms of his very presence with us in his spirit. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. For the revelation of God's will this morning, I would like to read to you from the prophet Zechariah, from the prophet Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 7, reading verses 8 through 14. And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and that let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears that they might not hear. And they made their hearts diamond hard, lest they should hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, great anger came from the Lord of hosts. As I called, and they would not hear. So they called, and I would not hear, says the Lord of hosts. And I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations that they had not known. Thus the land they left was desolate, so that no one went to and fro, and the pleasant land was made desolate. Let's pray. We read, O Lord, from thy word. their direct judgment upon thee, from thee to us, concerning oppression. We ask, O oh Lord, that as we reflect upon this, this evil which thou dost expose, that comes into the hearts of the stubborn of the hard-hearted, that you would, by your word and by thy spirit, 
Help each of us to be submissive to thy spirit and to care for one another. Help us to have ears to hear and help us to have hands that act. In Christ's name, amen. Reading on in Zechariah chapter 8, so often in terms of the Lord, in terms of his judgment upon his people, he also responds in terms of his grace and his mercy poured out to them. Chapter 8, verse 1, And the word of the Lord of hosts came, saying, Thus the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Zion with a great jealousy, and I am jealous for her with great wrath. Thus says the Lord, I have returned to Zion, and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with staff in hand because of great age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, it if it is marvelous in the sight of the remnant of this people in those days, should it also be marvelous in thy sight, in my sight, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country. And I will bring them to dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And they shall be my people. And I will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness. Let us respond to the triumph of God's work of grace among his people. By turning to number 610. Number 610. Let us sing number 610. Remain seated.
congregation, there is much on our hearts. I'm sure you have seen the notices during the week. I hope you have spent time in prayer for others in terms of our congregation, and many still need much prayer. So please continue in your prayers for those who are ill and going through difficult situations. We also have learned this morning that Rick Paul's father has passed away in Grand Rapids. Rick was able to get there, so please remember Rick and Nancy and that whole family as well uh, during this day. And uh, uh, he was quite ready to go to glory to be with his Savior. And uh, what a joy that is. Uh, if I remember correctly, as I heard, our great God and Father, we are so thankful for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. How we look always to your comfort and your love each day. We are fully aware that our bodies are not, in terms of this world, everlasting, but only are everlasting in terms of the resurrection of Christ. We ourselves know that the flesh is weak, that it will weaken, we will all pass away in this world. We will all, in terms of that, go even in terms of those who love the Lord Jesus Christ, will go and be with him. We ask, O oh Lord, in terms of the various trials and temptations, the various sufferings that come upon us in this world that we would always look unto thee and look unto thee in terms of our eternal glory. Nevertheless, we do pray for your continual love and care upon us. We ask, O oh God, that we would see even in the midst of our own congregation the wonder of your great, of Christ as the great physician at work among us. We ask that you would be with Rick and Nancy in terms in Rick's family as they now see the departure unto glory of his father. We give thanksgiving for his life and we ask that you'd be a rich comfort unto Rick and to his family. We ask, O oh Lord, that you'd be with Loween Dickinson. We are thankful that she is home, that she is doing better. We ask, O oh God, that thou will continue to give to her strength and recovery. We ask also that you'd be with the medical profession in terms of its service unto her. We rejoice to hear that Jan Shreve has been released from the hospital yesterday. We rejoice that she is back home. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would give to her strong recovery this time as she returns home. Give her the comfort of her own home and surroundings. Give to her the joy of your salvation and your continual presence in her life. 
We ask that you be with Penny Anderson as she remains in the hospital right now in terms of her spinal fracture and the procedure that has been done upon her. We ask that the therapy would be well. We are thankful that we have heard that she was able to sit in a chair yesterday, but nevertheless, she remains in great pain. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless her, be with Bob through this situation as he cannot visit her. Uh, she is in the hospital. Give to him the encouragement as well. We ask that you'd be with the various COVID situations. We ask that you continue to be with Ron and Chrissy Graham. We thank thee for their recovery. But now also we ask for the long-standing recovery from those things that continue to, to, uh, to hit them in terms of cough, etc. We ask that you'd be with Jeremy Hunter. We ask that you'd bless him through the COVID. We, have, we learned that it is not real serious with him, so we ask that you would give to him continual strength. We ask that you'd be with On and Don Trail. We ask that you'd be with all the children as well as On's parents who live with him. They all have tested positive for the COVID in their home. We ask that you'd be and protect them. Bryn, even Bryn, the youngest, is also suffering from bad coughs. We also know that there are things that are going on also in terms of On's situation. We ask that you would bless her and watch over her. We ask that you would be able to schedule quickly for her the situation in terms of the colon and uh, with her and that she would be relieved of the pain and that there would be a good report in terms of that uh, her situation. Be with the medical staff that is also treating her. We ask that you be with Chesapeake. Thompson's parents who live below them, they themselves also have COVID. We ask you to be with her mother and father. The father has worsened. We ask you would bless them. Continue to have Chessa and Michael and the children free from the COVID at this point, And we ask you to protect them. We ask you to also be with Jack Carpenter's daughter, who possibly has COVID. We ask you to bless her as well through this situation. We would hope that it is not and that she would recover quickly as well. We ask that you'd be with Diane Biden. We thank thee so much for her life, and we ask that you would place, she places before us that they themselves as a family would stay healthy and strong in the Lord. We ask for you to, that thou will continue to be with her sister Linda and her family, and that the God would continue to give them strength and endurance and the various tasks that they have ahead of them from that long recovery that is before them from the flooding and the fire on the farm. We ask that you'd be with Jack and jo Jack Carpenter and Joanne Rennie. We thank thee for their lives, and as we have already prayed for his daughter, which is on their heart, we also ask, O oh Lord, that you would continue to be with her as well in terms of her medical issue. We ask you be with Jack and Joanne, keep them continual safe. We're so thankful for what thou hast done in Jack in terms of his recovery from heart surgery. 
We ask that you'd be with them as they are away this weekend, caring for another and long friend of Jack's, Steve Mayhew. Jack asks prayer for the for Steve as they have been. They are in Oregon, turning him in to, over to a 28-day rehab in in Oregon. Be with Steve, bless him, bring him to recovery. Also help him to understand that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the sole source in terms of complete recovery. We ask that you would also uh, be with the Clemens family. We thank thee so much for Kevin and Eileen and all the things that they do in terms of the service that they provide in this congregation. We thank thee for their health and for their strength. We ask that you continue to watch over them. Be with Josiah and Casey as well. Be with Jos- as they are finishing up the year, this semester. Bless their studies and their work. We ask that you'd be with Jamie and Lori Copeland. We thankful, O oh Lord, for both of them, and we're thankful that Jamie is able to continue to work, uh, and we thank thee for his dedication in terms of his job and to providing for he and Lori in their situation. We pray for his back issue and that there would be he would be able to get surgery that he needs. Help the, the medical field to find out a way how they can fix this in relationship to the insurance company. We ask that you'd be with Lori. Continue to watch over her. There is improvement at times, but we ask, O oh Lord, for your steady help. We give thanksgiving also for Melena and her care that she offers daily uh, to Lori and the encouragement that she also provides even in respect to this church. We ask that you'd be with Craig and and Reek. Colburn in Japan. We ask that you'd be with the mission there. We ask that the opportunities would be given to them in terms of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that you be with with Larry and Kalen Oldicker. We ask that you be with them in terms of their mission work in Sandusky, Ohio. We ask that you would bless them in terms of their work there. We're so thankful in terms of the denominational support for that home mission work. We would ask, O oh Lord, that you would strengthen that work, bring people to that to hear the gospel, bless Larry in his ministry. We are thankful for Jeff Scott as well. Bless him, bless as he shepherds the flock there in, in Roseburg, Oregon. We ask that they would be willing and eager to hear the gospel and that they would hear the gospel with joy and understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is there to nourish their lives. We ask, O God, that we ourselves in this congregation would continue to understand thy word and to be strengthened in our faith by thy word. Help us to contemplate thy word daily. And as we also think of those who are helpless and weak, we think of the unborn, especially in this weekend in this country. We ask, O Lord, that you yourself would bring the conviction that the, those that, that have been conceived are a human life and that they should be valued as image bearers of the living God. We ask, O oh God, that even our government in this nation would be convicted of that truth. And we ask that we would move away from this aspect of termination 
and, and, and allow our children who are conceived to be born. We ask, O oh Lord, your blessing upon that and upon this land in terms of its own conviction, in terms of the righteousness of human life. We ask these things and place these things before thee as the Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us turn to number 432. Number 432. Let us stand and sing. 432. If you would, please, turn to Acts 6. This is the traditional text in terms of the setting up, the beginning, the inauguration of the office of deacon in the New Testament church. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Please listen to the holy, infallible word of God. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number... 
a complaint by the Hellenists arose among the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned a full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procreus, and Nyakachor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, this is an important event in your providence to the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ and its formation. We ask, O oh God, that we would have hearts that understand and that we would see the importance of this even with respect to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to our church, our congregation. We ask your blessing through Christ in his spirit. Amen. Help is needed in the ministry of the church. Help is needed in the ministry of the church. Complain, complain. Of course, we all know that no one ever complains about what is going on in the church. Unlike the selfishness of the world, believers in Christ's church apply the principles of the gospel perfectly. If you want to see the harmony of humanity at work, all you have to do is look at Christ's church, everybody is happy. Everyone gets along. Everyone helps and loves their fellow believer. Indeed, we see a need, and boom, everyone snaps up and attacks it to help. This is how Christians act. After all, our personal devotions are full in instructing us about how we are to love one another. We've got this down. 
Our weekly Bible studies are full of instruction about how we are to cherish each other in Christ, loving with Christ's love. Such words from the scriptures and from Christ lifts our hearts and gives us peace and gives us unity. Yes, Christ's words never fail my life, my Bible study, or my church. The warning of the Lord revealed in Zechariah chapter 7, which we read this morning, never applies to us. Indeed, when the widow, when the fatherless, the orphan, when the sojourner and the stranger walks into our church, we are always there to shower them with the love of Jesus. They enter right into the fulfillment of the heavenly kingdom of the new creation. Christ's people are always willing, able, and actually executing Christ's love towards one another. It isn't even possible that the widow, the orphan, this visitor, will not get our attention in our church. There is not a chance that the believer will not live the servant life of discipleship, of denying to self and showing the love of Christ to such people. After all, when we hear about a need, we know exactly how we are to respond. We spontaneously Address the concern. There is no delay. We hop up and we act. Well, congregation, to be honest, we know that this is really not the case in Christ's body. The frailty of sin is still a serious obstacle to all of us in terms of self-motivation. Even Calvin underlines this point with respect to the given text that is right before you and acts. We read our Bibles. We know what Christ requires But doing the walk is another thing. You know the expression. We like to do the talk, but we do not do the walk. We easily pass the buck. It's someone else's responsibility, not mine. We also easily complain about others. When in many cases we could live the life of servanthood in union with Christ in the situation that presents itself. Even so, we are about to see how Christ in our text here this morning as the head of his church is going to rule through the directive of the Holy Spirit in terms of church order. 
Our God is a God of order, not disorderly independence. And as Christ establishes order in his church, it is to be done through the church, noting the gifts that Christ has given to men in his body. All of this is clearly placed before us this morning in this text in Acts. Yes, our text has essentially two complaints. Two complaints coming before the church which needed to be addressed. The first complaint, as you can see in the text, is a complaint of accusation by the Greek-speaking Jews, the Hellenists, against their fellow Hebrew Christians that their widows are being neglected concerning their daily needs. Secondly, the second complaint, the 12 disciples as those added as disciples complain that they cannot give up preaching the word of God in order to serve tables. Verse 2. They must not neglect the centrality of preaching God's word. On the other hand, doing both aspects of ministry is too much for one person. So they meet in order to reach a resolution. Such a meeting will become a common action on the part of the governing body of Christ's church. We will know it in terms of the relationship of teaching elders as well as the evolving aspect of bringing in ruling elders. Let us return to the first complaint, a complaint of accusation here in our text in verse 1 by the Greek-speaking Jews, the Hellenists, against the fellow Hebrew Christians uh, that their widows are being neglected concerning their daily needs, verse 1. The Hellenists in our text are the Jews of dispersia. Dispersia. You saw it in terms of Zechariah's prophecy there in chapter 7. That is, they were the Jews who were scattered into Asia Minor in the Mediterranean nations after the northern kingdom of Israel was destroyed by the Assyrians around 722 B.C., as well as the many Jews who spread into those nations during and after the exile of the southern kingdom of Judah into Babylon. These Jews eventually conversed in the Greek language, Whereas the Hebrews mentioned in the text are those who were raised in the Palestine area where Hebrew continued to be spoken among many. So to, to repeat, a complaint arose between these two Jewish Christian groups that Hellenist Jewish Christians accused the Palestinian Jewish Christians, that their widows were being left out 
from the daily distribution of their needs, most likely in light of our context, their daily provisions for food, for food. So how does this dispute among fellow believers get fixed? How are we going to fix this problem in the church? It cannot be avoided. Such a need must be met in Christ's church. It is at the core of true biblical religion as a serious concern of our Heavenly Father in the life of his people. Yes, the Lord upholds the widow. Psalm 146, 9. The Lord upholds the widow. The prophet is to plead the widow's cause. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. Well, this complaint, this accusation is addressed as it comes to the attention of the 12 disciples. In fact, they do not meet alone. They also assemble those disciples who have become appointed to their position since the time of Pentecost. At this point in the church, this would be the equivalent at this point in the church, it would be the equivalent, this gathering of these disciples of a session meeting. Of a session meeting. Of the elders of the church attempting to rectify the problem for the sake of unity within Christ's body. You see, the meaning of the elders has biblical precedent. It is not made up. What Luke presents here is that this collective branch of leadership in governing Christ's flock comes to a resolution that will bring peace between the Hellenists and the Hebrews as well as to meet the biblical imperative of caring for the church's widows. How does these disciples in the Holy Spirit address the issue? This such a complaint, and shall we also say conflict? These dual tasks, excuse me, first, they realize that they cannot both preach the gospel and wait on tables. This is at the heart of the second complaint in our text. These dual tasks would be too much for one person to do. In fact, the preaching of the word of God would suffer if the disciples have to do both. Congregation, you are witnessing the eventual teaching elders' own responsibility 
in Christ's church being defined here in this text. It is clearly placed before you in verse 4. The teaching elder, the disciple in this case in the text, is to be devoted to, clearly pointed out in the text, to prayer and the ministry of the good news of the gospel, preaching that good news that is found solely in Jesus Christ. We are also looking into how the the providence of the Lord is bringing about the structural order of the New Testament church. So as the action of the disciples clarified their own task in the church, it opened a door for another avenue of servant ministry in Christ's flock. Notice their magnificent and wise action for Christ's own service to his precious flock. You see the directive from the disciples. Here it is, right before you in the text. Pick out seven men of good reputation who are full of the spirit in their wisdom who will serve and oversee tables. That is the distribution of the daily provisions for the widows who are in need. Verse 3. Thus the text before you is understood by many in the Reformed tradition, including all the way back to John Calvin, as well as the Presbyterian tradition as inaugurating the office of deacon in the New Testament church. The incident before us in our text does not occur by chance. Do not fail to understand that Christ, as head of his church, is directing the formation of the New Testament church through his spirit. But as Christ forms his church, it is not absent of how the Lord has directed his people in history. We must see that the office of deacon becomes a focus in kingdom ministry, a new creation ministry in its eschatological fulfillment. The Old Testament imperatives to support the needs of God's sheep is coming to the centrality of the ministry of the church, living out of heaven, out of the power of the accomplished death and resonance of life in Christ. What is occurring to the widows recorded in Acts 6 has a clear prescription in the Old Testament. You may want to look at that passage. 
Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 through 29. The Lord instructs the sons of the Lord your God that their tithe from the seeds of the field is to be collected each year. After three years, the total tithe of their produce is to be given to the towns in which they live, eat, and are filled. The Lord includes in this directive, Deuteronomy 14, 28 and 29, the Lord includes the widow, the orphan, and the stranger within the town. Those three Aspects appear again and again in Scripture. This action by the children of Israel to these dependent figures in their towns, the Levite, the widow, the orphan, and the stranger, is to be a reminder of their days when they were slaves in Egypt, when their survival was totally dependent upon the faithful covenant promise. The faithful covenant promise of the Lord God. The Lord serves the dependent slave. The Lord serves. The new covenant is revealed in Christ to address the deepest spiritual resources of human slavery. And what would that be? Our bondage to sin. It is not a coincidence in the Lord's providence, that this concern about widows would, ad- would address the new church. Will the church address those who are dependent upon Christ for their redemption? Not only for their spiritual needs, but also for their physical needs. Indeed, the continuing theme of the widow is center stage as the church begins. So much so that in the Lord's providence, meeting the needs of the widow becomes, don't miss this, becomes the reason for the creation of the church office of deacon. But make no mistake, the office has its roots in the word of the Lord after the exodus. Indeed, there is harsh judgment from the Lord throughout the Old Testament if the widow, the orphan, and the stranger are not cared for. 
Did we not see this at the end of the Old Testament canon when our study of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3 verse 5, the Lord will hold those accountable who are responsible for the care of these particular people. God's judgment is upon those who do not show mercy to these who are in the household of faith. O congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, do not take lightly what is happening in our text. We are not to say at this point in the text, oh well, this complaint between the Hellenists and the Hebrews just happened to be about widows. It could have been about anyone or anything. No. No. God's providence is truly upon this advent in transition from the Old Testament church Malachi at the end to the New Testament church, Acts 6. The New Testament church must act correctly from its conception. Righteous justice in mercy service for Christ's kingdom and church must be clearly established in his flock. And to whom is this to be visibly given in redemptive history? It is to be given to the widow, the orphan, the stranger. And you can surely throw in there, as we saw even in Zechariah this morning, a true biblical understanding of the poor. Are you seeing the dynamic at play here as the eschatological age has begun? We have moved into the new era of living out of the death and resurrection of Christ. Out of heaven as pilgrims, as strangers in the world. The complaint of the disciple turns into a clear distinction in Christ's church of those whose gifts will serve in prayer and the preaching of the gospel for the spiritual, spiritual edification of the flock, the task of the pastor, and those whose gifts will be used to serve those who are in need of physical, yes, physical life. The deacon. Both spiritual and physical ministry must exist in the life of Christ's church. Both live out of the power of Christ's death and resurrection. Herein, 
Do not miss the importance of mentioning Stephen first as a deacon. Focus there on the language with respect to Stephen there in verse 5. The disciples chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Notice Notice how the Holy Spirit is also stated in relationship to Stephen down in verse 10. Verse 10, as he's about to enter into conflict himself. Oh, what a chapter. What a sermon. Peter preached in Acts 7. I remember being asked in seminary as we read Acts 7, that sermon from Stephen. Would that sermon pass in seminary? (laughs) Does it pass your test for a sermon? Read it and think about that in terms of your own expectations. Yes, the man chosen is a man who is full of the Spirit in the age of the Holy Spirit. Christ as head of the church along with his Spirit are putting in place the structure, the offices The order of the church for a pilgrim people living in the final era of redemption. In terms of the focus here, the office of deacon performs their office in compliance with and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what is going on. They live and serve the church. The deacon lives and serves the church in the true justice of God's mercy service to those in need. Psalm 82, 3 and 4. And the congregation as servants in Christ. The congregation as servants of Christ are to come alongside those deacons, not only in their tithes, which we do here in this congregation, but also in any way that they can assist in helping those in need. We have that. Notice the table serving aspect of the text. The church does this. In terms of serving others with meals. You see, the deacons and we also, as we note their gifts and activity, live out of the power of Christ's resurrection through his Holy Spirit. So that in word and in deed, we enter the suffering. I keep coming back to that Philippians 3.10 passage before you. The concept of glory 
describing the present state of our Savior means that he, Christ, is equipped with supernatural power and splendor out of heaven to serve his church and her people. Christ's energizing source in serving the present life of the church is the Holy Spirit. The church's life is embodied in the ministry of of the deacons. The church's life is embodied in the ministry of the deacons following the present position and path of our Savior's ministry to us. The ministry of the church flows out of the glorified Christ, the Spirit. It enters the lives of the continuing pilgrim people. We, as we suffer here on earth, as his precious children, all of us long to be released unto the presence of Christ's final glorified state. That's the New Testament. That's the New Testament's image of Christ's glorified state now. The church lives out of the glory of Christ, ministering to its people who are suffering so that we return unto glory. I couldn't be more amazed this morning in terms of the providence of God. If you meant if you missed Elder Scott's Sunday School, this theme was exactly at its core this morning. Listen to it this week. The glory of God. We live in a new age the age in which the glory of Christ is now in heaven. Let us live it in the church to each other. Because it's tough. It's not easy. There are a lot of people in this congregation right now suffering. Pray for them. Pray for them. We all join the deacons in their ministry to the congregation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for who thou art, what thou hast done for us in Christ. We ask, O oh God, that you would continue to bless us
and bless those who serve in this congregation as deacons. We thank thee for David and for Steve. We ask, O Lord, even as they are overwhelmed, O Lord, that you would give to them strength and power. We know that thy spirit is with them, but also, O Lord, enable us to figure out and to understand and also to be motivated to help when there is the need of help. Help there not to be complaints about how we serve one another. Help us in Christ's name through thy spirit. Amen. Number 707, let us stand and sing number 707.
Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. We know that the day is coming when the mirror will no longer be dim, but we will see our inheritance forever and ever fully before us in the revelation of what thy Son has done for us. As the children of thy praise, we ask, O Lord, that you would receive these gifts to the strength of thy pilgrim people here on earth. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Let us worship our Lord and our King with our tithes and offerings. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs> 